Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is up, everybody? Solo Double G Show here today. This is going to run on our YouTube channel as well as on our Fight Game Media Network free feed. And I just had a show on the free feed uh, on Sunday, the Canelo and Charlo recap, the post show with my buddy Carlos Toro. So we've been trying to put here and there a little bit of more content on the free feed. We see the free feed as a way to showcase our Patreon content, as well as stuff that I write for the website. Uh, I've been doing some narration articles on the website, which you can go to at fightgamemedia.com. All right, so what am I going to do here? Well, yesterday, Monday night, I was at the HP Pavilion. Wait, is it the HP Pavilion? No, the HP Pavilion is the old name. The San Jose Arena was the old, old name. The Shark Tank, where the San Jose Sharks play, the SAP Center is what it is called. I was there with uh, Jeremy Feinstone from this very website and YouTube channel and podcast network. Uh, We were the guests of just a, a great human, Ben Cruz. He is the host of Wednesday Worldwide on the Ringer Wrestling Network. You can listen to Ben and uh, Brian Waters. Shout out to those guys. Brian Waters has has been on a version of one of my shows before. And, and I can't, love, would love to bring him back as well. Uh, so we went to Raw. Now, Raw, uh, I hadn't been to Raw in, gosh, it had been like seven years. And last year... Around this time, WWE ran San Jose and Ben working for the ringer. You know, the ringer and WWE are, are, are tight uh, working with WWE uh, PR uh, slash uh, marketing, whatever, you know, whatever. And the, the ringer and WWE has a really good relationship. So we got really good tickets. And, and this time came around. WWE is a little bit more popular. If you remember last year in San Jose, that was the first show that the crowd really reacted to, to Dominic Mysterio. And if you even go back to podcasts that I did this time last year, I was saying that, you know, Dom was kind of smiling, almost like, whoa, like what's going on here? And so it was it was kind of cool to see it come all the way circle because he he did it again when when Rhea was was kind of uh bearing down on the judgment day for their failures while he was gone. Dom, you know, Dom knows the game now. He just basically has to open his mouth that people just go nuts on him. And he was just like a hint of a smile started to peek out of his mouth. And I, I thought it was great. Um, but raw in of itself is, uh, is a chore to watch on television. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody will, 
well, even the hardest uh, of WWE fans would probably say, yeah, it, it's not the easiest show to watch because it is three hours long. And live is a little bit different, though. I was really happy with the last time I went. I thought it was really fun. And this time, the show itself, like, the, no Kevin Owens, no Sami Zayn, no Finn. Uh, you could tell there was a little bit of a dearth of the star power. But still, you know, when when your product is, has sort of the faith of the fan base back, the fan base who goes, and I don't know how many people there were. I know there were like 85 to 88 tickets sold last week. So maybe they got to 10. Uh, it, I mean, it looked it looked just as much or, or even more full than it was last year. But when, you're, when your fan base has a little faith in you because you continue to do shows that are above average and at least not um, insulting to the fan base, uh, I think they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And the, the the key to the WWE audience, especially the live audience, they want to be involved. They want to play with the show. They want to be queued up to do something, and they want to play their part because that's part of what is an, enjoy, uh, what, what brings the enjoyment of the show. Uh, my buddy and co-host, John LaRocca, he brought his family uh, uh, both of his, his wife and his two oldest kids were there. The, the baby wasn't there, but those kids, uh, shout out to, uh, to, to the, to the LaRocca family, uh, Chloe and Hunter, especially, you know, they're, they're little. So you, if, if you've ever had any kids and you know what it's like when little kids and, and wrestling, like when my boys were small, you know, they were fired up for everything wrestling involved and then you know they got to a point of like i would say you know 11 12 13 and by then they were kind of like uh eh, you know we're, we're following basketball my youngest he you know he follows ufc closer than he follows wrestling so like they're this perfect age of you know between like five and ten is great for wrestling so it was awesome to see chloe and hunter at the show but <clears throat> anyways back to the point which is this live raw they do such a better job of getting the fans involved inside the arena. Cause I can remember going to raw, you know, we're talking like 2015 or something. I was so bored. Like a segment on TV would end. They would go to commercial and the arena would go dark and you're just waiting for like two minutes. Now it's so much better because there's going to be a video playing and there's a segment going out before commercial. So you hear the sound, you turn around, you see the big screen and then they're in commercial. And then there's something else playing on the big screen that may not be entirely connected to, to the show, but it may be like if you're at a basketball game and you know the kiss cam, and it, that, that, that thing isn't just to get people to kiss, it's to get fans excited for something while there's a timeout going on the game. And, you know, they're, they're showing clips of, uh, of, Attitude era stuff. Um, they're they're getting little kids dancing. Ben, uh, who 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 uh, invited us, he he invited another friend who had a. This kid was probably like five, four or five, and there was like a dance contest, and this this child just went on. He was on fire, and so the camera was just on him. Like couldn't couldn't get off of this kid. He was dancing uh, in in such a in such a fun and and fast fashion. 
So stuff like that really makes that in in the arena experience better. And this is something that AEW really, really needs to to learn from because I've been to uh, I've been to way more AEW shows than I've been to WWE shows in, in the last uh, in the last four years since AEW debuted. And for Dynamite, they now they're not always running the top NBA arenas, so that's where you get the big screen and and you, you sort of make sure that that in arena experience delivers. But there are, are are shows where you know good commercial. And fans are just like, all right, now what do we do? Now, it's also great if you're with good company, like Jeremy and I and, and Ben, we're just, you know, talking about stuff that's going on. And, you know, we don't get to see each other in person all that much. So you're catching up. And so, you know, there are moments where I didn't even really pay attention to what was going on there in the ring because we're just having fun. It's like that's what is awesome to be at a live event is you're with people you enjoy, you're communicating. And so that just made that raw experience live. Uh, shout out to the San Jose crowd. You know, San Jose has been getting major WWE shows since, I want to say 1993 was when the current version of the the SAP Center uh, had opened up. And one of the first events was a WWE show. Um, People who live in this area, they kept their ticket from that first house show. and, And it's like a moment. Uh, I, I saw, I see a few people on Instagram every year talking about that on, uh, uh, about that first WWE show. So, uh, you know, we got to see DIY get back together and I guess on the live version, uh, the live TV version, they missed the, the sort of the finish w- with the, with the double knee or, or, or whatever. Uh, and so it like goes off the air right at the climax of the show. It is on, if you, uh, if you are on Instagram, uh i will uh i will show you our instagram page here for those watching on video um if you are on instagram if you go to fight game media on instagram we put up uh, a bunch of reels from the show and the the one that's gotten the most uh well two of them two of them have gotten a a a pretty good amount one of them was uh after the cameras went off air cody came out and did a little segment basically saving DIY from attack. Uh, and then the one before that is actually when Johnny Gargano comes out to save, uh, to save his, his buddy here. And let's see, I wonder if this will play. Yeah. I think you, you could probably see it's a little bit, might be a little bit small, but anyway, as uh, Gargano and, uh, and Ciampa are, uh, are are doing business here. You could see a nice little hug at the end here. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but for those watching on video, you you could kind of see what great seats we had and and the and the incredible angle for this moment that that we had uh, on on the video. But anyways, um, you know that was kind of the thing was those guys and uh, really uh, really really fun just show because you had the Chiampa and Gunther match which was pretty top-notch. You know, it's not like Champ has been pushed as main eventer, but he'd been on NXT all that time from their, you know, from their best era. Uh, And the DIY act was over. And so it was great to see him get showcased a little bit. And, you know, San Jose is a good crowd for that to happen. 
you know, you, in other crowds, maybe Ciampa not being, um, you know, not not being a, a top wrestler. You know, the crowd might have been like, eh, in some other places, but in San Jose, they, they really dug it. Uh, the other thing that I, I thought was awesome, and, and this is, again, what you get to see in person, is some of the guys are just gigantic. And this is why WWE goes after, uh, you know, so many of these just different-looking humans. Ivar does a moonsault on both Kofi and Woods after Woods actually beat him in a match. And like you can, you can just tell. You know, this is what, when when wrestling is good. You can sort of see the building of something that you want to see. And so he stacks these guys, and you know, I'm just pointing to the top. Oh, he's going to the top, and then he does this great moonsault, which I wish I would have got on, on video for an Instagram reel. Uh, but it was incredible. Um, and you know, it's moments like that. And there were uh, seeing Big Jonah jump off the top rope uh, into, you know, onto poor Cedric. Uh, that was that that you know that's an incredible moment. Just the athleticism and and, and everything. Rhea Ripley coming out to to open this show. She got like a attitude era like Stone Cold Steve Austin pop. It was pretty amazing. Talk about somebody who they've just perfectly uh, pushed, and she has done so great at her character. Uh, she's just such a just did such done such a fantastic job, and you know she's the one she's the one in charge. She's browbeating everybody like you guys aren't aren't doing your jobs, and uh, her her character is is just tremendous. So anyway, just wanted to mention the uh, the uh, the raw experience again. Shout out to 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 Ben. Uh, also, we got to meet uh, a, a person who I've been connecting with on. Uh, on Twitter for a little while since last year's or no earlier this year, he sent a photo of Bailey at the new Japan show. Sasha was the men, the, you know, one of the main events of that show. And so Bailey's kind of hidden until he found her and he took a picture of her. And I think he sent it to a Sean Ross Sapp and it, it went a little viral of, of Bailey being at the show. Uh, his name is, I think, I believe the pronunciation is Rahav. And so he lives in the Bay Area, too. And I've been trying to get him to, you know, come to some of the events that we get to go to. But he's 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 living life, too. He's told me he's going to uh, Royal Rumble and he's going to WrestleMania and he's going to all these AEW shows. He's going to be in uh, L.A. And so he's he's having time in his life. So it was great to meet him. And then I got to meet uh, Ramon from 2K. Uh, I think he works on the wrestling game and, and possibly some of the other games. I, I, I want to say I wanted to say PGA Tour, but I wasn't sure. And then Al, who I believe he said he does PR for 2K. Um, and w- I had been following Ramon for uh, a little while now. And, you know, we kind of go back and forth on stuff. And they were literally in my row the whole time because I saw Ramon tweet something out on Twitter. And uh, I was like, dude, where are you? Like, you look pretty close to us. And we realized, because we'd never met in person, we then we'd realized that we were just in, in the same row. So Raw was was fun. I uh, hope that, uh, you know, I guess, I guess they're going to be back in San Jose in February. So crossing my fingers that uh, I'm on the Ben Cruz invite list. I hope I didn't do anything to, to ruin my spot for the next time. Cause that, that is the way to watch wrestling is when you're so up close and 
uh, you can, you know, you're, you're, everything is just like right on top of you. So, all right, before I get to my reviews or my recaps of NXT's uh, PLE, No Mercy, and AEW's Russell Dream, I just wanted to shout out and make uh, aware, as I always do on these free feed shows, which is uh, our Patreon. And now if you're watching on video, I'm just going to share my screen here with uh, the Patreon. And, you know, the Patreon is really our bread and butter. It is uh, where we want people to go. We want people to uh, check out all of our content. Uh, and, you know, this is where the the podcasters themselves are able to uh, create and and you know make a little make a little money. It's it's just kind of what we believe is uh, where our best work goes. You know, we want to showcase uh, our, our our work here, and this is uh, this is the the Patreon here. So uh, we just put up um, our shows for this last week. We we had a show every week. So we had five star, uh, which was Scott's, um, Scott's, Scott Edwards was his recap of the uh, five star Grand Prix 2023. His, the finals, he reviewed the finals, and he uh, he did a great job. Uh, he went live on YouTube, but we put the audio just last night on uh, the Patreon. We had the Boom; they did their recap of Russell Dream. Uh, the Power Bombshells did their pre-pre-show to Russell Dream. The Rap did their No Mercy recap and their Fast Lane preview. And uh, what else did we put? Oh, and then my post-show with uh, with the Canelo and, and Charlo fight. And yeah, lots of content here. So um, patreon.com front slash fight game media. Give us a shot. We got content every day, Monday through Friday, and we also have bonus shows like this week. John LaRocca and myself are going to get our latest uh, podcast on WCW 96. Uh, This one is Fall Brawl. It's the war games of um, uh, NWO versus WCW and kind of a crazy time frame for, for them. And also, I'm going to do another bonus show with uh, my buddy, Kyle Ross, a.k.a. The Boss, and Liam O'Rourke, who wrote the uh, Crazy Like a Fox, the Brian Pillman book. They have a podcast uh, called uh, Squared Circle Gazette, and they are going deep, deep, deep into the early 90s of WWE, and I love that show. It is a, it is a deep dive and it's so it's a long listen so i have to sort of make sure that all the other stuff that i'm listening to is caught up so i can listen to them i mean it's all evergreen but anyway so it doesn't really matter when you listen but i'm going to bring them on we're going to talk about that time frame in, in wwe so if you like you know if you like the old school content if that's fun for you to look back on uh that will be up i believe this this upcoming weekend so patreon.com front slash fight game media you'll see that bonus show um, if I can get video, I will also put that in the video tier. Uh, and then for the rest of this week uh, for Fight Game Media, we have In the Clinch next week, our MMA show. I mean, I'm not, not next week, tomorrow. Our MMA show, 
Uh, Thursday, we'll have, uh, actually, no, Wednesday, we'll have the Dynamite show. Wednesday night, Thursday morning, we'll have the Dynamite show. Paul, uh, Paul Fontaine uh, is not going to be there because he's going to be at the Toronto Blue Jays game. He's going to see uh, their playoffs uh, against Minnesota. And so instead, Kevin Ely from the Boom is going to sub for him. So Kevin Neely and Jeff Hawkins on the Dynamite show, and and then uh, and then yeah, and then Scott Edwards for uh, his uh, five star. And then we'll also have the speaking of strong style with uh, Jeremy and Stephen Conway. So that's that's what the rest of the week looks like. WCW ninety six will probably be on. Friday. So that's right. Scott Edwards is skipping this week. He will be up next week because he did two shows last week. So John and I will take Scott Edwards' place on Friday. And then the bonus show, if possible, will be up on Saturday. And then Keela and uh, Scott Young will be live after Fastlane. Uh, I think they will be on YouTube streaming, and then we'll get the audio in the Patreon right after that show is over. Okay, here we go. So my recap on uh, NXT and Russell Dream will probably go... Let's go No Mercy first here. Um, No Mercy was Saturday. No Mercy was a fantastic NXT show. Uh, I am... You know, I'm not the the biggest NXT fan necessarily. Uh, I like the uh, some of the talent, but I had been turned off uh, when they were a little bit too stereotypical with their Asian characters for me uh, earlier this year. So I took some time off, but I'm covering it mostly because uh, they're hot and it's part of the ecosystem. It's part of the zeitgeist for pro wrestling. So so wanted to, to hit a couple of things on uh, on NXT. Uh, Ilya Dragunov, uh, what a fantastic wrestler. John LaRock and I on the Fight Game podcast a couple weeks ago, we'd had this conversation about whether WWE main roster would be interested in bringing him out or bringing him up. And uh, I was like, ah, I don't know. He's kind of small. He doesn't. Uh, emote exactly like everybody else, but I mean, that's kind of the key to him. And he and Carmelo Hayes had a you know one of the best matches you'll see on WWE TV all year long. Uh, I think we're gonna have a discussion this week on the Fight Game podcast with John and myself about what was the best match last week. I'm guessing that this is gonna be John's favorite match of, of last weekend. I think I still like Daniel uh Danielson against Zack Sabre Jr. More, but I th- I'm going to try and rewatch them before we record on Thursday night. Uh, but yeah, Ily Dragunov, fantastic. Carmelo Hayes is, is fantastic as well. I-, I worry about both of them on the main roster just because of their size. But at least Dragunov brings something a little bit different. Uh, Hayes, he has a look. He has a, a swagger. That size is just going to be a killer for him. But uh, I mean, he's got so much promise. So uh, really, uh, really dug, really dug that one. Uh, the, the Bakersfield crowd, man, that crowd was on fire. And this is kind of the deal for me when it comes to NXT. You know, I get some PTSD when I see shows in that performance center. It reminds me of 2.0. And I kind of like in this, the, the thing that I'm showing on the screen, if you're watching on video is, uh, is my write up uh, of the show. And I compared it to like, when you're like a little kid. And if you try, if you tried broccoli and then you hated it and, and you never ate it again, 
And then as an adult, you, you took a bite and you're kind of taken back to that moment as a child when you didn't like it. That's kind of how I feel when I watch NXT. I see that crowd in the PC and I'm like, oh no, I have 2.0, uh, you know, PTSD and I, I feel ill, but the product is much better. Um, the matches are, are so much better. And that Bakersfield crowd really stood out to me. And I would, I would try and uh, they, they can never tour weekly with this show. It's just, it just would never work. And, and th- actually in that sense, thank God for that PC crowd. But I would do, you know, I don't know how many of these PLEs they're doing and whether it's five or six, I would have to count, but I may do like a special Wednesday one, maybe two times a year to see if you could actually get, you know, three to 5,000 people to, to, you know, to come on a when on, sorry, not Wednesday, Tuesday on a Tuesday night. Um, and, and it'd be kind of cool to see if, uh, if you could draw some folks there. So for uh, the Corbin, and Braun Breaker match, I love that match. And then the finish sucked. I was, and then it just, you know, when you have a bad finish, it kind of ruins everything. Uh, that finish sucked. Match was really good. And I thought the same thing for Noam Dar and, and Pete Dunn. All the interference just ruined it. <clears throat> and, you know, if you're going to give a negative to, to that show, it's probably those two matches because of those finishes. Just, you know, unfortunately, because the wrestlers, they're, wrestling so well working so hard and then you have this terrible creative and it just ruins it and you know this could have been like an all-time nxt show if the finishes on those two matches were better and you got to give a thumbs up to trick williams man i've been calling him trick daddy williams because he's just got the gift of gab and it looks great he doesn't he still does not wrestle well and that stood out in this match against Dom. It was a poor match. I, I know a lot of people are trying to cushion that blow a little bit because Trick has so much charisma and Dom plays his part. But if you watch that match with a critical eye, you're going to see a lot of missed stuff, a lot of stuff that's not snug, a lot of stuff that might make you go, whoops. Uh, that's what John LaRocca does when we watch wrestling. If someone misses something, John just goes, whoops, and he starts laughing. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine watching this match with, with John on TV. Um, and then, you know, Tiffany Stratton. She's going to be amazing. She's already kind of amazing. Working with a fantastic... um dance partner as Becky Lynch and Becky Lynch. You know, what's interesting about these NXT matches is when you bring in the main roster folks, the idea is, is that these NXT wrestlers, they get a little bit of the rub by the stardom of someone like Becky Lynch. And the key is that Becky Lynch raises Stratton's game. Like that's how the thing is supposed to work. But if I'm Becky Lynch, I might be thinking a little bit next time, like, hmm, did I just make her look too good? <laughs> because she's still so young. But, you know, Becky Becky was the reason why that match worked. She was the most of the reason. But in a sense, because she made that match work and because she made Stratton look so great, most of the feedback off of that is that how great Stratton is. And this has happened before. I remember... 
one of the first, uh, maybe the first NXT special, if I'm thinking back on the on the WWE Network, one of the first few, may, may, may have been the first though, uh, Charlotte has this match against Natty. And all the Twitter commentary is how great Charlotte is, how great Charlotte is. And I kind of turned to somebody and I was like, was Charlotte great or did Natty just make her? And it's kind of one of those things where if you're looking to really see what happened, you know, it was, it was Natty. N- Natty deserved every bit of the credit for that match with Charlotte, that the NXT, the one that kind of made Charlotte. And so that I sort of, this one wasn't as big. I think Stratton was, was much better than even Charlotte was in that match back then. But this is something to think about, you know, because Becky is, you know, she's on top and she's a star. But there are, <laughs> there's going to be a Stratton coming to uh, to take her spot. So I thought that was the interesting part of that match. And, you know, a little bit of gamesmanship there. But Becky, I thought Becky did a fantastic job with her. And they both got beat up. Becky got some crazy cut on her, uh, on her arm. Uh, so, yeah, great show. Uh, th- take those two finishes out and you have an even greater show. And it's it's just unfortunate that you know their creative couldn't get out of their own way. So what about this NX or this AEW Russell Dream Show? Uh, pay, this pay per view. The difference between pay per view and PLE. You know, you pay your ten bucks for WWE Network. Uh, you probably already watching stuff on Peacock, so it feels like it's even less. And I think the. Uh, the thing is, is that these pay-per-views, and I'll, I'll sort of go through this in in, in a little bit with, with the point that I'm going to make here. Um, but let's start at the top because the big news is Adam Copeland joining AEW. That was a moment that was heavily rumored, and if you were following a lot of the tea leaves, you may have even expected it, especially when Darby said that his match with Christian was going to be the main event of this show. It made a whole lot of sense for this to be Edge's debut. And uh, he came out to a lot of fanfare. Fans were happy. He was looked great. He looks like a star. He is a star, and uh, it's good for it's going to be good for AEW at least in, in the beginning. And I think the key to this thing is let's keep him special. Though I already saw that Tony Khan said. Copeland is going to be on dynamite. Then he's going to be on collision. Then he's going to wrestle on the next dynamite. So, or, you know, he's looks like he's going to be on a lot and they're pairing him up with Luchasaurus, which is, you know, Christian's going to be there. So there's, I'm sure there's going to be a long tease for an eventual TNT battle between edge and Christian or Adam and, and Christian, or maybe Christian drops that belt. Cause it's not really necessary for this program, but you know, I, I, my worry is that the fans are going to get sick of him now. He because he is in a new company and there's like a new fresh coat of paint. I think, I think they'll, I think he'll have some run here. But you know, if you go back to his recent WWE run, I don't. I mean, it's not a failure. Of course, he he was still promoted as as a star and he still had good matches, but he got tired. He got tired quickly i thought he was even a little old um but he turned heel went with the judgment day decided he didn't like the creative of where they were going to judgment day 
got kicked out of the judgment day. And then the judgment day takes off. The judgment day without Edge is so much better than they were with Edge. I'm also historically not a fan of those soliloquy promos that he does where he's talking about grit and he's talking about how hard he works and not everyone works that hard. Like that stuff, there's a point to it, but it's actually heel stuff coming from an old guy wrestling younger guys. And I think if they want him to eventually turn heel, they could really dial that stuff up. But I would not do that in because this company... AEW is uh, is younger. The fan base is younger than WWE, at least the people who watch. So I, I, I would I would say less is more with the solilo- the soliloquy promos and the uh, the grit stuff. But at least for the immediate future, um, it's it's a great signing for them. I think uh, though Tony Khan had mentioned the new era thing. So does that mean CM Punk was the old era and Edge is the new era? I guess maybe I don't know, or maybe there's m- other things coming. You know, the Mercedes is also heavily rumored to to come in, so maybe that's going to be part of the the new era of of AEW. But it's just kind of weird that you know the new era led by this fifty year old guy Edge. Um, some of the other things from that show, uh, Christian's heel work was tremendous. I am not a fan of the dead dad stuff or hitting on people's moms. Especially when, you know, Nick Wayne doesn't do anything about it. It's just like, come on, dude. Uh, I thought the Nick Wayne heel turn was, yeah, it was shocking for that audience. But it's kind of lame because he's not over in any way. So you lose the effect of what it could be if he was over. But just Christian himself, is this the best Christian that we've ever seen? Uh, I wrote in in my write-up on the website, that he was more famous during the Attitude Era. Uh, he was more athletic during his run in the two t- 2010s when he was uh, up, you know, for WWE Championship matches. And then he went to Impact or TNA. I don't know. Were they TNA at that point? Maybe they were already Impact. Um, and, you know, he was probably wrestling at a higher level, and he doesn't need to do that now because his style is, is so perfect for him. He might be the best. Like, if we're just saying you know, the best work of his career. It may be right now. And, you know, that's amazing because he has been around since 1997 for in, in, in the public wrestling public eye. So great job on Christian or for, for Christian, uh, you know, I was a little down on the MJF comedy. I get it. I understood, uh, why people loved it. I also understood why people didn't love it. Uh, and, and my buddy, uh, JD Oliva called it pro wrestling's, a Rorschach test, meaning if you like that about wrestling, you probably liked it. And if you don't like that about wrestling, you probably didn't like it. And I leaned on not liking it, but I also understand it because uh, MJF and Adam Cole, they've kind of gone into this comedy best friends, bro chachos thing. And it's super corny, but it's meant to be super corny. It's meant to, be a little low common denominator because you just want as many people who sort of see the goofy stuff and can get a kick out of it to, to dig it. Um, You know, there's some highbrow people and and I don't, I guess I would, you'd probably throw me in that category who are like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But you know, uh, they could also be doing other things that may be a little bit more high quality. But again, if you're trying to gather this, 
casual or this, you know, maybe lapsed fan fan base who's into this stuff, then, you know, it's, it's probably good. And, and they're showing that it's actually working you know, they're, they're very popular. The rating segments do well. They're selling tons of merch. So it's, it's the right thing. But my main problem was they were promoting this team, the righteous and uh, as getting these ROH title shots, uh, tag title shots. And MJF just made these guys look like geeks. And, he didn't need to sell for them like uh, like I wrote that they were the second coming of the Road Warriors, but it's a two-on-one match. He easily outsmarts these guys, and he just killed them dead, I thought. Like, can you treat the, the Righteous as a competitive tag team any longer after what MJF did to them? No, they're, they're forever known as the losers of a handicap match in which one of the team members' heads went into the other team members' ass. Um, and MJF is doing his, you know, his Hogan and warrior and Eddie Guerrero stuff. And the fans are going like going crazy. So it works in that end, but there's also negatives to that. And, uh, the righteous being one of them, like they were definitely, uh, the big loser of the night. I would say another thumbs up to the show was just swerve. Amazing. You know, I like to, whenever I talk about casual wrestling fans, I think of my dad, because my dad was a wrestling fan when he was younger. And, you know, as you grow up, most people do. You kind of grow out of it. And everyone does. Um, but your your fan, your your fanaticism kind of adjusts and changes it. And for me, uh, if it wasn't the uh, newsletter community, the sort of figuring out how this thing works behind the scenes community, I would have been... I would have been a casual fan. I would have probably still liked a lot of the fun, the big stuff, but I wouldn't have been as dialed in as I am today, if not for that. But for my dad, you know, I, I always think of him in this moment because on last week's Dynamite, when Hangman and Swerve were doing their little toe-to-toe uh, contract signing, you know, if my dad was in the room, he would have thought that Swerve was the former champion, the former main eventer, and the bigger star. And that Hangman was kind of the up-and-comer just based on how that information was presented. Uh, but he would have also said that, you know, nobody could hold, <laughs> neither of them could hold uh, Pepper Gomez's jockstrap. That would have definitely been the main part of his comment. But uh, I'm, I'm very glad to see Swerve get the win in front of that fan, in front of that crowd, get leveled up a bit. But really... He need they need to build off of this win. Swerve needs to continue to go up. He doesn't need to lose another match soon. Like this guy needs to win big matches. This guy needs to be in title programs. Did let let's not even mess around with this. All right. The main negative on this show was the number of matches and the almost four hour length just for the pay-per-view card because the zero hour became the zero 90 minutes. And so if you added up all of your, uh, all of your time watching wrestling, if you put the 90 minutes plus the four hours, that's five and a half hours on Sunday, add in the to two hours on Saturday, that's seven and a half hours. And then you add in the hour of rampage. That's, eight and a half hours of wrestling since Friday night through Sunday night. Uh, that's too much. It, it, it's just too much. And 
I know if you're going to pay for the $50 and Tony Khan has been consistent in saying that, you know, for your $50, we have to give you a lot because we're at, we're, we're asking for money. We're not, you know, you're not only paying your $10. I, I get that argument, but I think there were matches on this show that you could have saved for television. And this show could have been just as slick of a three hour show as NXT was the night before. Um, it's, I think it's new right now. So I think people are adjusting their priorities to, to make, you know, we only have, you know, we don't have that many AEW pay-per-views, even though they are adding up there, there's been a paper. There's been, there will be, if you add the ROH stuff, there will be 10 pay-per-views in, uh, in 2023 and probably more in 2024. I think, uh, collision is probably going to be the show that, people are going to skip on pay-per-view weeks, which is unfortunate because I generally like collision. But if you're at, if you, if you're asking for this many hours in, in, uh, in two days, essentially for your fan base, uh, something's got to give. Cause you know, people have stuff to do. People live lives. There's other stuff going on, but there were, I would have taken three of the matches off of this show, made it a lot tighter made it three hours and would have felt as less of a, <clears throat> of a, of a cardio exercise th- than it actually did. Obviously best match, Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. Though I did see a lot of folks who liked swerve and, and, uh, and hangman more. I'm going to watch, I'm going to rewatch both matches. Cause I, you know, sometimes when I'm doing this, I'm either tired or I'm kind of like trying to get up speed quickly, get through stuff. Cause I have other stuff to, 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 to watch and analyze. Uh, but Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. was a classic. Uh, it's wrestling the way that I think a lot of people want wrestling to be. And so those of you who uh, who, who did who do like that style, I'm sure that was probably your your match of the night. Uh, also, you know, small thing here, but I thought Kodobushi looked much better than he has in the past. And they had that little spot for him where he went one on three and, and he dominated that and so he looked better he doesn't look like kota ibushi anymore or or kota ibushi of like three years ago but hopefully he can get back to it injuries getting older all that stuff is uh, probably a, a a giant pain in the butt for him but i was, I was glad to see him somewhat back and, and you know the other negative i think on this show is uh aussie open and, and uh ftr had a pretty good match uh all things considered but Aussie Open, their booking of late has been terrible. They lose at all out to Adam Cole and MJF, and then they lose to Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So why did they even get this match? Well, fans are going to say, because they're going to have a good match, and that's all that people are going to care about. Well, I think this is the one time where that didn't work, and it kind of bit them in the butt a little bit. They didn't deserve the match just based on the booking. And then because of that, I, I think somewhat because of that, it other reasons because late in the show just had two good matches right before, but the fans did not care about them in any way. And so they sat on their hands and they were just kind of waiting for the final match, which was Darby and Christian. So this is the one time where the booking kind of bit them in the butt and the fan, the fan reaction and the match quality didn't save bad booking, which can happen in, in AEW shows. They're lucky that it can, because sometimes I look and, I, I watch, uh, you know, the build of a match, and I'm like, man, this the build sucks. But then you watch the match, and you're like, oh, the match was great. So who cares? In this case, I think they uh, they kind of got, um, 
I think they 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 this is the one where that did not it, the it did not save it. So anyway, that, but other than you know, other than that, and and other than maybe a couple of small other things, fantastic pay per view uh, on the Fight Game Podcast. Like I said, John and I will will probably try and figure out what we thought was the best match of the weekend. And uh, and then we'll do some other stuff. But hopefully uh, you check out uh, the Patreon. Um, check out uh, the website, fightgamemedia.com. And uh, yeah, just hope you enjoy this little freebie on, uh, on, on our free network, the free podcast network, uh, Double G Show, free Double G Show. Uh, and, uh, I just had some thoughts, wanted to get them out and thought, you know, this would be the best place to do it. So, all right, that is it from here. Check us out, fightgamemedia.com, patreon.com, front slash fightgamemedia, and also this network with this, this podcast feed, which we still put a couple of things in every week. So, all right. Thanks to all for watching. Thanks to all for listening. I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.